Bueller. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Shall we play Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Come back with me to the 1980s and the roller coaster ride that was my high school experience. I lived a John Hughes life, and some of the celebrity vocal talent I've assembled to take you on this journey helped to give us all that 80s good time vibe. The names have been changed to protect the not so innocent. But here's a boy who doesn't seem concerned. In fact, he doesn't look as though he could be upset by anything. His report card is getting better. He's got a B in history. But look, he is upset. Why? Stacy Kimmons enjoyed presiding over the student senate. She was a born organizer and politician. Homecoming floats arrive in Courthouse Square this year. Can we get a float status from the class presidents, please? Now, Janie Matthews was the senior class president. She had her shit together and had been elected all four years. She let Stacy know the senior float would be on time. The other class officers echoed Janie's status report. And then Stacy came to me. Chris, junior float status. I barely heard her. I had Tony's empty locker in my mind. I had the articles on the car crash in my head after reading them over and over. Every time I heard true, I wanted to cry. I thought how everything changed. If I had just gone with her, called her, delayed her just five minutes. Stacy was waiting for my answer. Finally, Jan nudged me to answer, but before I could, Yosh did it for me. We will have a flow. Subconsciously, He's looking for acceptance and help with his problems. I went to guidance later that day. Do you remember your guidance counselors? Mine was about four years into the job and already falling into line. I think a lot of counselors go into the job thinking they really are going to make a difference. They really will get to counsel. And then something happens and they just want to push the kids through. They become cynical as they realize they become part of this big, bloated, inept bureaucracy. Guidance got stuck issuing the state assessments, had to handle graduation stuff and career stuff, and had very little time for one-on-one counseling. I can say I don't remember any announcements that Guidance was open for any grief counseling after Tony's death. I mean, maybe there was something, but I don't remember it. I met with my guidance counselor that afternoon. I came to tell her I was leaving the gifted program. Something, if you remember, I had been in since second grade. I remember my guidance counselor asking, well, why do you want to withdraw from the gifted program? Because I can, I'm 16. I mean, she looked at me and she said that if, if I did an extra term paper, it's, it's another half credit. I have enough credits to graduate and I don't even want to do one term paper. Why would I do two? I mean, it doesn't sound gifted to me. All she could come back with was there are field trips, like to the stock exchange. I can drive myself to New York. Look, I can't rewire a house. I can't fix a car. I can't play a single sport or an instrument, but I have friends who can. Why am I gifted and they're not? But early teens are years of uneven development. There are spurts of mental energy as well as physical. 
and at other times, nothing seems to be happening. In reality, just as Tom's body needs rest after strenuous exercise, so his mind needs time to adjust to its new learning. When I got home, my mom was waiting for me. She sat at the kitchen table, cigarette in hand, dinner starting on the stove, but I was the first priority. She motioned for me to join her at the table. I got a call from your guidance counselor at work today saying you opted out of the gifted program. You know, she asked if I noticed any change in personality as a result of possible drug use. Oh, for Christ's sake, Mom! To give the old lady her due, I never sought her counseling. She knew I was a mess about Tony, and she would ask if I wanted to talk, but I rebuffed her every offer. She was worried, and while she respected my decision to drop out of the gifted program, she was concerned for my reason for doing it. There's a very familiar pattern of behavior there. Sometimes we expect great things, but things can't always work out the way we expect. And when we're severely disappointed, we become emotionally upset. A few days later, Jen and Yosh supervised a shipment of candy in Halladin's pantry behind her classroom. What's the profit from there? A about 200 bucks. When you see Chris, you tell him that we need to talk. You're doing all his work and he doesn't even know if you guys have a float. Who told you that? I hear things. From Stacy Kimmins? Does he want to be president anymore? Tony's death hit him hard. I didn't know they were close. She was popular. If you impeach him, Yosha's next in line, not Stacy. Yes, but you're all up for re-election in the spring. Haladin had invoked the ghost of Shaken Jimmy. The only class president in Westwood's 100 years of student government to be impeached and removed from office. 250 pounds of didn't-give-a-shit in cowboy boots and aviator Elvis sunglasses. He took art with Mr. B, but I don't ever remember any real artwork coming from the kid. However, he would fix B's brakes on his car, he'd run errands, and literally worked for donuts. I think Jimmy provided Mr. B with comic relief. He was kind of the art class court jester. Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States! You see, the class of 1981 elected him as a joke. No one thought he would really win, but he fucking did. Jimmy sat in this overstuffed recliner in Mr. B's room and considered the float question. He finished off a cream donut, licked his fingers and replied, Float? We don't need no float. His other officers made sure the seniors had a float. But that fat sweat and his friends attacked their own float homecoming night like asshole pirates. The president of his class led the attack on his own float. The following week, impeachment proceedings started in the student council, the first time in Westwood student government history, and Jimmy was voted out of office unanimously. He was totally fine with it and happily returned to working for donuts for Mr. B. I think I understand now. Sometimes you expect things that can't possibly happen, so you're sure to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Sit down, Howard. So the thing to do is to figure out what's possible or reasonable, and then you aim high 
and you try for a lot, but you don't count on it. I came in late to school a few days later. Found I was coming to school late a lot recently. The secretary took my forged excuse and she told me, you've been coming in late quite a bit, Mr. Michaels. And with that, Principal Hines turned around inside the office and walked up to the attendance window looking right at me. Captain, he asked, walk with me. He took me into his office, closed the door and sat down behind his desk. I had no idea, well, well, maybe a little, as to what he wanted. He said, I've been meaning to call you down for about a week. He pulled out a folder from somewhere on his desk. He slid it over to me. His face said, open it. He watched me as I opened the folder and took out a letter. It was a letter from Ms. Halliden to Mr. Hines and Mr. Ricca, written about a month ago, asking to start impeachment proceedings against me in the student senate. The ghost of shaken Jimmy had come for me. I was going to suffer Jimmy's fate, and like him, it was my own doing. Hines waited for all of this to sink in with me. And then he had said that Halliden had canceled the request a few days ago. She didn't say why, but he doubted she had had a change in heart. He shifted gears and he went on to talk about Jimmy. He said, we've only had one student in a century be impeached and removed from office. I replied, Jimmy Lewis. He nodded and then he pointed at me and said, you don't want that honor. I shook my head and sat back in the chair feeling like a piece of shit. Hines then turned the conversation somewhere I didn't expect it to go. He looked at me and totally shifted the tone of the entire conversation and he asked, have you ever watched Star Trek, Chris? He said he was a Trekkie and he said he still was. The TV show a few times, I fell asleep in the first movie, why? Look, I always felt Star Trek was one step above Dungeons and Dragons. It was for dorks who couldn't get girlfriends. I caught the TV show when I was a kid, and I remember being excited enough in sixth grade to go see Star Trek the motion picture at the mall, only to fall asleep in it. Hines asked me, do you know who Captain Kirk is? And I nodded, yeah, I think everybody in the 80s knew who Captain Kirk was. Hines told me that I should see Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan and that I reminded him a lot of Captain Kirk. Oh yeah, how's that? He had his answer ready to go, and he told me that I had made a bad enemy with Mr. Ricca, but I made a worse one with Ms. Halliden. He told me to watch Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, and he equated Halliden with Khan to my Captain Kirk. And he said, you fight the odds. You just don't take no for an answer. And just when you think Kirk is beaten, he turns things around. He refuses to accept defeat. And then he leaned forward and he said, Are you defeated, Captain? No. Hines knew how to use silence. He let me sit there for a little. And then finally he spoke again and he said, The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. He smiled and he stood and he said, See the movie. You'll get it. Well, I'll watch both. And thanks, Mr. Hines. Look, I wanted to cry, but I couldn't in front of the high school principal, and it took everything not to. 
One of the reasons, at Tony's funeral, Sherry, sick with cancer, approached me as I was leaving. Now, I had pushed this memory into the back of my mind in my grieving for Tony, but it suddenly came back to me. Sherry stopped me, offered a hug, and just simply asked if I was going to be okay. Sherry, possibly terminal, asked me if I was okay. It was one of the most selfless things I experienced to that point in my life. Suddenly, I was thinking about that while sitting in front of Mr. Hines. He stood, offering a hand to the door to show I was free to go. And as I was walking out the door, he stopped me and he said this, Chris, you're the kid I always wanted to be when I was in high school. With that, he gave me a salute and I walked out his door. I haven't been able to study or do much of anything. If I go on like this, I won't even get C's next time. Well, at least you're beginning to have some insight into your problem. Well, thanks, but what can I do now? How do you handle disappointments when they come? Well, let's see. Fellows blow up, get mad. Some give up and stop trying to play. Some become all the more alert, eager, and work at it until they make it. <laughs> 